What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Dapper Villains Podcast. I am Dana Blue, and as always, joined by my co-host, the Charlie Sheen of the Fabric World, Jay Suchdave. Jay, Charlie how are Sheen. you doing today, brother? <laughs> I'm winning. <laughs> Charlie so, Sheen, that name has not been mentioned in a long time. So, guys, before we get into today's show, do us a favor. Do not forget to subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts, anywhere you get podcasts, we're there. Also, check out our IG where we put up a lot of clips from the podcast so you can see different aspects if you've missed an episode and know that you want to go back and check it out. So with that being said, today's episode's a little something different. Jay and I recently took a trip. This is something Jay has done quite a bit. It's my first time doing this. And thank you, Jay, for bringing me along. But we went to visit a Thai prison to do some outreach with uh, an individual who you know and you've worked with for a while. So, Jay, why don't, why don't you give us some background on the trip? All right. So um, there's a hip hop artist in Thailand called Titanium. And uh, it's a group of three guys. And they're like the original guys that started hip hop in thailand and uh they've been doing it for a very long time i grew up listening to their music i've seen them live once actually pretty pretty entertaining even though you don't understand the language right like it's it's pretty fun to yeah. be around yeah, and no, they're, they're um, very good they're very good they're very good um so uh, they work with snoop dogg and a lot of uh hollywood artists as well um so i saw that one of the guys that i really admire called sunny day uh he 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 was performing in prison and uh it's, it's something i've always wanted to learn more about and go and see because it was always my uh life's biggest question is like how do you treat bad people or people that have done wrong and uh is there a way to solve it or something like that it's just a philosophical uh idea that i've always had in my mind and i wanted to see it and wanted to understand it a little bit more let's not so, hide. let's not lie you got really high one day and we're like man i wonder what it's uh, like in prison <laughs> um i do that too yeah um uh, but so so i i just reached out to him on instagram I just direct messaged him and i said you know can i be a part of this like um can i give you any financial support or you know, I sell fabrics, can I give fabrics? I sell suits, can I give suits or anything, you know? So, so it was like, he, he, he replied me back to me and uh, he told me to come to his office. And mind you, this is an artist I grew up listening to his music, right? Um, first day we met, we ended up spending about six to eight hours together, just hanging out. We just became friends. We, we talked ab- about this, this problem. And uh, he's really passionate about this. And uh, he also was on the verge of doing something illegal and getting into prison, you know? Uh, so that's why he felt so passionate about this project. And then he was like, yo, you gotta meet this guy, Rang. His name is Rang, which actually is, is, is short term for Farang, which means white people. So, but Rang is actually half Indian, but okay. he has brown eyes and he kind of looks like like westerner he definitely looks like he definitely looks asian but he has like he could be like half for wrong half white you know yeah so that was the nickname he got in prison and uh, i first went to meet him at the guitar workshop so uh this guy he got his whole life uh restarted from a christian organization that uh taught him how to make handmade guitars so the first day i met him was was at his workshop and uh, he told me about all the details, all the questions, all about ass fucking and every, every single question I wanted to ask. He was very honest and, and answered me. I asked about the, the guards, the prison guards, the, you know, uh, every fucking possible question. And he, he gave me a very direct answer. We also got along very fast. And uh, he, he, he liked the fact that I didn't want to or I didn't care about having my logo or it's not like a corporate charity. It was just, I'm, I'm just giving money uh, to, to, to help rent equipments for, for artists to go and perform in prisons. Uh, I just help uh, basically just give cash and don't want anything much in return other than to be there in person with him. Um, so we, we got along and uh, 
that's how our journey started. Then it, it was the three of us, me, uh, the rapper, and and Rang, who who went to uh, different prisons. But but Rang is his his life. Uh, I wouldn't say hobby, but like that's his mission. Hmm. Let's say yeah, to, he's definitely passionate help. about it. You can tell. Yeah. To, to help um, prisoners who come out of prison get jobs, get funding, and, and uh, get a second chance. Because, have uh, access to resources. Have access to resources, exactly. So that's how we, we connected. And uh, I've, I've been there now. That, with you yesterday was my, my third time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was definitely an eye-opening experience. And also, you can tell wrong when he shares his his story with them of having been in prison and turned his life around, you know, it was very, it was something that really connected with those groups of people. And then also yes. the, um, there was a, a boxer there as well. What was his name, Jay? So um, there's a boxer that also got in prison for killing someone. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember his name exactly. I'm very bad with names, but uh he he came out and uh, and uh, he, he a lot of people who come out of prison go back into prison. Yeah. So you know even Rang you know he he came out and he went back eight times before he he wanted to stop and uh, get his shit together. It's a lot of times. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, his whole life was like, okay, if you you come out of prison, you're a second class human being right away. But if you're in prison and you run the gang. His his nickname is Rang Pratnakorn, which is which stands for like the whole area of of the whole district. Yeah, and he ran the whole like he was a better looking guy. So uh, getting in prison the first day, he got humiliated, of course, and uh, he didn't want to get ass fucked. So uh, what his deal was, and these are his words, was his deal was was to beat the fucking biggest guy in the room, beat him up, and. Uh, you know, uh, he got kicked, his ass whooped, of course. But uh, slowly, slowly, he started earning uh, more gang members. And uh, he overtook it. And he became like the the leader. And then he started fighting with guards a lot. And he became the leader as well. He started at a very young age to become, uh, to get into this lifestyle. He was a drug was, dealer, uh, right? Yeah, he was a drug. He was he was doing a lot of drugs and he stole a lot of money to get more money to do drugs. Uh -huh. He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't selling drugs. drugs. He was, yeah. yeah. He wasn't selling drugs himself. Although if you do a lot of drugs, you sell a lot of drugs. Yeah, you too. probably sell you would sell drugs, drugs but, but not a lot of people who sell drugs become Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Uh, they're not entrepreneurial. So no, he was selling so, drugs so he get more drugs. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That was his route. So, but the boxer, he was making millions um, selling drugs. Mm. So oh, wow. when he, yeah, and he was like, he was already strong. His story and Rang was very different. Rang was a skinny, good looking guy. He was like a jacked up, you know, heavy guy. Yeah. So he was running the gang. He was doing business. So when he came out, it was very hard for him to do normal job for a very long time because, uh, you know, you have your ego, you were running things, you came out. And then you're back to being a nobody. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't get chances. Even if you were a very good boxer, nobody would give you a shot, no sponsors or anything like that. So the thing he was teaching to other prisoners was very cool, which I I'm not sure if you got the gist of it because he was speaking in Thai. And very fast. He, he, he was saying basically that, you know, in prison, be the beta sometimes. You don't have to always be the alpha. Because all the betas you see are already out of jail. It's the motherfucking alphas who never gave up. You know, if someone step on your feet, let it go. If someone piss you off, let it go. Be the beta sometimes. And because when you're out, you need to bow down a lot to a lot of people to get chances. And when you get opportunities, you're going to have to take it. So that was what, like, I mean, so we go there with artists, entertainers, like, you know, they do comedy and then they play music right but when these guys talked everybody listened the room yeah, everyone was, was engaged packed. Uh, the room was packed with people but it was pin drop silence because yeah. they trusted him he said that um rang told me that like prisoners are very very cynical um especially for people from the outside 
or if like the guards or the warden organizes something, they get a lot of money for organizing something like that. So uh, people are very cynical. But if you are one of them and you talk like them and you understand where they come from, they listen to you. And uh, that's why supporting Rang for his movement was very uh, good start for me. Like that was something that I found very meaningful. Uh, of course, you know, I could have given money to uh, adoption houses or, or you know, uh, re- old people home. I don't know what's the word um, in English. What do you call it? What retirement home? Yeah, but like not in like the West though. Like here in Thailand, it's like where people just dump their parents to the government. Blue factory? And, and, I don't know what. You know, um, so, so um, I, I felt that this is a is a project that I I think I could do it for a long time because it actually does. What reaches the people is not just the money, and it it doesn't take a lot of money. Like every time I go, it was it, it would be about seven eight hundred dollars, and that's just for renting equipments for artists who are already willing to go there for free to perform. It is more about so that they don't have to spend their own money for flights or for, you know. Yeah, I definitely think it is. Uh, it's something you can do for a long time because you and I were looking up the statistics on Thailand prisons, and you know Thailand's the twentieth most populous country in the world, right? So on the list of most populous countries, they're number twenty, but they have the sixth highest prison population in the world. It's like three hundred fifty thousand. Oh, sorry, it's like 375,000 Thais are in prison. And uh, like 270 of those are there, or 288 of those, 288,000 of those are there for drug offenses. So there's obviously, there's going to be prison issues for a long time. One thing, though, I didn't know before we went, uh, and you you didn't know this either because you told, I, I saw Rung tell you this and then you told me, was that this that event was the first time in a year that anyone had gone to see these prisoners like they haven't seen their family they haven't no one's come in to do any type of outreach for a year because of covid and so when we were sitting at one point we're sitting in the main hall and you know we're sitting there watching uh this comedian perform and you know rung is kind of like sitting there you see you can see rung sort of talking to the prisoner the prison guards and some of the other people who were there, but we're watching the, the comedian and there's in this room, I figured there's about a thousand prisoners, male prisoners in this room. And, you know, the smiles on some of their faces, like they like you could see some of them just had pure joy in their face. And of course, like, yeah, it was f- the, the comedy that was going on was funny, but it, it was more than that is the fact that this was, it's just one day. It's a reprieve for a single day for these guys, but that single day is probably going to change their outlook for the you know the rest of the year, probably. Yeah, because like um, these laugh that we see, or or you know, like like Titanium, for example, is a is a group that uh, the the rich middle class of Thai population find not cool anymore because you know, um, hip hop artists in their 40s or 50s is not cool anymore. You know, they're yeah. always new artists and stuff. And uh, my friends made fun of me and were like, oh, you're, you're getting excited about these like, you know, old guys and shit like that. I was like, dude, it's not about that. It's well, about- it might make me an old man, but Titanium, much better rappers than some of the newer Thai rappers. The in new my motherfucking opinion. rappers out there, right? And they're the OGs of the game. But anyways, it's about them wanting to do this to 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 make a difference to to find that they're yeah. in the place where it's not they're not chasing uh hookers and and money anymore you know they they they're about making a difference and i wanted to be a part of that um so that's why like i have two music videos that i i i produced with the titanium guy um I actually wear suits and play the bad guys in both of the music videos uh Very have you ever seen that <laughs> no i haven't i play that. like the I, I play like the boss uh first song is called uh born again and uh it's about it's about if someone already served their time um why do they still have that um stigma against them to be forgiven 
right? right. It's, like, it's a question of rehabilitation, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if, if prison was designed to put bad people in to come out a better person, then so, that's, that's the rule that society created, right? Which is why it is so, in a lot of ways, it's stupid to just put a bad person in, in a cage with another hundred bad person. The only way they will survive is to be worse. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, it's, it's definitely, you know, prison in general, right, is something that is a system that is, is most likely broken on many levels in, in almost every society. I remember seeing a, a video about uh, Norwegian prisons where, you know, they're very different than what we saw in, in the Thai prison or what like you see on TV about American prisons where, you know, people have their own room there and the Norwegian guard was saying like, look, the, the punishment is them being away from their family and friends for this amount of time. You have to treat them as humans when they're here and give them opportunity to improve. Which is and, still so hard to grip. Yeah. It's, it's as a, well. It's a difficult concept to grasp. And then, you know, one of the, there was a couple really, really touching moments uh, one of them was when there was a guy who was singing. He was playing the guitar, and his brother was in the crowd. And his brother came oh, up, yeah. and they hugged. And yeah. you could see them talking. We were we were so close to the stage because we were on the side of the stage, so we could yeah. see them talking to each other. And uh, yeah. the brother was bawling his eyes out. The you know the prisoner who was yeah. was just bawling his eyes out. So was the the guy singing, but the guy who was in prison was just crying so hard. And, you know, they, they hugged for like more than a minute and talked. And then the brother, you know, went back down into the crowd. And one of the things I saw was that, you know, a lot of the other prisoners in there hug, hugged them and like kind of, you know, tap, tap, you know, grabbed his shoulder, patted him on the back, with, you know, and I'm imagine they were telling him like, hey, it's okay. You know, you know, it's great that you get to see your brother. And then when his brother started to sing again, you could tell he had just been crying because he was all cracked up. Yeah, you know, that was that was probably the most individual moving thing that that we saw for me that I saw that day. You know, like when Rung and the boxer was talking, um, there were people inside that prison. The boxer actually stayed in that prison for 13 yeah. years. Um, there were people that they knew um, mm. in the prison. Yeah. And uh, but but a lot for for a lot of them, it becomes their group. Like the other people in prison, you know, in their same, they become friends and they be, they have this camaraderie, and uh, when they get out, they feel so lonely, and uh, they feel like they should continue or they they don't have a choice but to continue, yeah, uh, doing what they did before they leave. It's a common issue with like a lot of people who are in the military as well. They, you know, you're you've got this camaraderie and brotherhood. You get out of the military and. You know, some of your friends are still in, some are out, you live in different places and you don't know what to do with yourself. But you know, it's definitely in a some... way, it's so similar, yeah. the, which is so weird that, uh, you know, military, the people who protect your country, um, they go through the same things that prisoners would do. In a, in a lot in a of way. countries, too, they're forgotten about after they get out, you know, in America and Thailand, you know, sometimes yeah. you serve your country and you get out and you're sort of forgotten about. Yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, there's so many, so many crazy things. The other, and we went around with Rung to uh, a bunch of different rooms so he could speak yeah. to uh, different groups. And one of the groups that uh, we spoke to, everyone was a lifer. Because at first I was like, oh, what's this little room? And Rung asked him, like, who here has a life sentence? And everyone raises their hand. Yeah. Every yeah. single like, person in the room. So, like, this was my third time, right? But this time was very different because, like, normally I would get to see a more orchestrated, uh, like, a more setup where everybody's in the basketball court and they selected the guys who were most well behaved and stuff. And uh, you perform, you get out, you're done, right? You don't see anything else. But this time, um, because it's been so long that anybody walked into the prison since because of COVID, they wanted Rung and the boxer to go and speak to different groups of people. Different, uh, it's called Dan, which is like, uh, Dan means like sectors. So um, they, they wanted him to walk to different sectors, even though the time was already up. 
um, to to give motivational speech to to a lot of different groups. So uh, this time it was different because I get to walk to different sectors. Yeah, we went to the uh, hospital unit. We went to the 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 sectors where there were a lot of sick people. Yeah. Um, then we went to first timers, and then we went to the guys who got life. Um, and of course, in the guys who get life, you know, there are a lot of. Uh, actually, we went to one with with the OGs as well. Like, like even the guards were saying, like this room is packed with a lot of very powerful, famous prisoners. This room is very tough. That's what they said. Um, and and this is one of the maximum security uh, maximum. Uh, what do you call it? The security the, prisons. Yeah, there's a supermax yeah, yeah. facility there. Supermax, well. supermax. Yeah, there's a there, there's a supermax, and the supermax means that you get locked up for six months without seeing anybody. Yeah. There was um, only like, did you notice on the supermax building, there was only like these little tiny windows that were probably like six inches by six inches. Mm -hmm. So probably each cell has this little six inch window going into it. So that's all your daylight. You know, and that's your airflow because there's no aircon in these buildings. No, no aircon anywhere. Even in the guards building, like in their office, they had aircon, but you know, in the rest of the guards building, there was no aircon. Yeah. So I know they're I mean, not giving uh, prisoners aircon. Okay, so so let's let's talk about our journey towards the prison. Yeah. Right. So uh, it was your first time going yeah. and uh, it took us about two hours. It's like northeast of Thailand. Yeah. Uh, two hours driving. We left at 6 a.m. Yeah. And uh, it's very scenic, the whole drive. It's like in the middle of the mountains. And, Actually, uh, right before you get to the prison, it's gorgeous. We're it is. Surrounded by, surrounded by these mountains and caves and farmland. Yeah. And we're driving in and... Uh, we're on this road. And I'm like, I don't see anything, nothing at all. And we're, yeah. we're following the GPS and it's like, finally it's like turn right. And you're like, all right, we turn right here. And it's like two kilometers to the prison. And I, I would have thought we were at a country club. Yeah. There were signs that says like coffee club and this yeah. and that. Like, Co like, uh, yeah. Coffee. Was it a cooking cough or something like that? Cooking coffee, but it, it's yeah. like restaurant and advertisements like and, and and uh, trees on both sides. Yeah, manicured lawns. There's like little organic farms on the way in. And you drive through all this. And then like very, once you get to the end of that road and we took that left, it was very clear that we were in a prison because you could see the perimeter. And like the one thing that was crazy, there was these cows that were inside the perimeter, but outside the wall of the prison. Yeah. I was like, where yeah. did these cows come from? <laughs> yeah, it's the bad behaved cows, the cows that don't give milk. Uh, so they get locked up. Um, but yeah, there was, it was definitely, you know, once you get to it, you're like, you're very separated. And one of the things that, that I found really interesting was, you know, despite like, yeah, we had to empty our pockets. We couldn't bring our camera in. We couldn't bring our phones, our watch, anything like that. Not even our wallets, you know, despite how strict it was like access control and security, it seemed very lax to let all these people in. Like they didn't check our ids or anything like that they just let us in i mean they trust the the guy who brings us wrong there. yeah wrong they trust him a lot uh, no, no, because no, he i has don't done... disagree with that but still it's like you know just like there's probably 20 of us going in yeah and and uh, another thing which uh is to be credited or to be noted for is that uh, the clothes are very clean. The prison is clean. Yeah, so I actually said that to you when we left. I was like, you know, I've seen, you know, videos of like prisons in Bangkok where like all the guys kind of look dirty, their clothes look dirty, you know, but every single prisoner we saw, and we saw prisoners even working out in the uh, gardens, they all looked clean. None of them look like filthy. All their uniforms yeah. weren't, none of them were stained. And we know that the, the prisons don't have a big budget because we were just discussing this before the episode that yeah. the, you know, the, the, the daily food, allow, food and cooking gas allowance per prisoner is 40 baht a day. It's Which is about a dollar. dollar. Yeah. yeah. It's like a dollar 10 or something. And, you know, so they don't have budget to like buy new uniforms for every prisoner when there's guests coming. And like I said, we were in a room with a thousand people at one point 
and they were all they all look clean and you know some of the prisoners you can tell by the way that they're dressed there's different tiers of responsibility or different tiers of trust yeah and, yeah and so the very basic the guys on the the sort of bottom of the rung they wear that blue t-shirt and shorts no shoes no flip-flops and then it seems that you know the level up from that they have like the same outfit but they get flip-flops and then they get into these different color schemes of polo shirt shorts and they all wear the white nanyangs and then their socks are all different colors i guess depending on what what group of prisoners you're in and at one point we were in because of all the access control we had to go through different gates and different hallways every time we wanted to go somewhere and they would have rooms where you have to enter and then they have to lock everyone in before they can open the other side and remember me and you walked into one part and I was like, dude, there's prisoners in here that they give batons to, right? And in American prisons, I was actually talking, so I was talking on the, uh, the one of my live streams today and there was a uh, prisoner, a prison guard on the live stream as a, as a, as uh -huh. one of the, uh, in the chat as one of the listeners. And I asked him, you know, what in American prisons, do you have batons? Like, what do you carry? He's like, no, all we get in American prison to carry is pepper spray and handcuffs. Anything else can be taken and use, is easy to take from you and use against you. Well, so here's the thing. That prison that we went to has a lot of knife injuries. Really? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a lot of people get killed from uh, knives. So, uh the the baton doesn't do anything it's uh they, they you all know how to knives. use a baton you could you could definitely beat someone with a knife so and that's one thing to think about but the fact that they give those batons to the prisoners right that's that's something you would never see in an american prison it's a level of trust you would never see in an american prison now i know that uh the day we were there we were talking about the food right so they get about a dollar a day to cook food for them so that's probably rice obviously a couple times a day and then i don't know if they eat once a day or they eat a couple times a day they eat three times a day they according to them so if you eat three times a day then you get rice and i don't know soy what, sauce. Else, what else you can fit in for soy sauce it's usually um rice red rice and soy sauce and uh some chicken or fish so red red rice is expensive compared to white rice. No, it's not. It's not one of those um, uh, rice berry and uh, organic rice that hipsters buy. It's a uh, is a lower grade rice. But but I mean, still, I mean, broken white rice is the cheapest, right? Yeah. So, but again, red rice has nutrients, right? So you're getting more calories. You're getting nutrients. And then, you know, probably, yeah, you might get like a little bit of meat or there's probably some type of soup that they serve to give protein or like some extra nutrients. But yeah. a dollar a day is not a lot. A dollar ten a day. And so wrong. And then the the uh, the rapper that was with us that day, you know, he, they brought donuts for the prisoners. And that those donuts are probably two days worth of calories for most of those prisoners. Actually, if I may correct you, so the rapper was not there. Um, the not one yet, that you saw rapping, no, the one you saw rapping was a prisoner. No, he came in with us. So the ones that came in with us were um, artists. The, the and tall comedians. guy with the tattoo of the guitar on his arm. He rapped. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Yes. 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 Okay. Guitar. His name is Guitar. Yes. Okay. He he was rapping as well. His yes, name yes, is yes. Guitar, and he has a tattoo of a guitar. Yes, 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 yes. He was rapping. Sorry about that. Yes. Yeah, but it's, no, not the, did, it's not the titanium guy. No, no. Um, we did see some prisoners. Actually, one of the prisoners that rapped was actually pretty good. Yes. That's why I wanted to uh, correct. One, because not so uh, the, much. The, the, one was really they, good. Yeah, they had a really good um, uh, performance uh, yeah. for us. And uh, one of the guys rapped really, really well. A lot of artists in there, a lot of painters and, and uh, artists as yeah, well. Yeah, we went to one room where they had a bunch of paintings done. Yeah, yeah. So those are all done by the prisoners. A lot of paintings of uh, Rama 9. Well, here's the thing about Thai prison as well. Um, every year on the king's birthday, you get part of people go. They, they, they reduce the sentence for the well-behaved guys. And uh, that's also one of the things that Rang said, that even though you have life, if you behave well, this is Thailand. You could still get a chance. I mean, 
Okay, let's talk about drugs, right? A lot of people are in there. I don't know what's the percentage. What did you see again? The the percentage well, of like people that were there for drugs. Two hundred eighty-eight thousand of the three hundred seventy-five thousand are on there for or in prison for drug uh, offenses. Right, and and drug offenses, as bad as they are for the society, is not as bad as rape or murders. Hmm. Right, rapists Correct. or murderers. If we were sitting in a room filled with rapists and murderers. We wouldn't even have the same conversation or we were in or, a room full of murderers jay do you forget <laughs> no 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 the the dude you get life for selling drugs do so you really in that yeah yeah yeah. in that room were a lot of people who sold drugs too oh i thought that yeah. you only got life for murder in thailand no 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 you get life for selling drugs oh. period no matter how much if you sell if you sold drugs you get life now depending on the quantity or how 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 well your business is or how much drugs you have then the forgiveness becomes less or more difficult okay it's, it's about that that's how it works so even in that room filled with life you know sentenced guys uh it was a lot of people that were uh drug offenders we saw a couple of very older gentlemen in that in that life sentence room too mm. The one guy who I said looked like Yoda with the big ears. Yeah. In fact, you could get forgiven easier if you murdered someone. Really? Than if you sold drugs. Yeah. Wow. The, the boxer killed somebody. Yeah, he killed somebody because, out. yeah, he killed somebody because um, they didn't pay him money. He went to him and uh, they didn't pay him money. And uh, he said that he, the, the, the guy who owed him money had guns. So he shot him first right now but if you get introduced to someone as oh this guy went to jail for murdering somebody uh you would think twice about talking the next word with him now, um, but how when long you get was the story sentence to life and he got out or did he have a shorter sentence he got he got 13 years only 13 years for murder but life for drugs huh exactly that's crazy too I mean, they followed the George Bush so it was in the time of Tuxin you know what and they followed the drug war um on the same time with george bush to to be on the same side with the americans and uh, the drug war proved to fail in both countries or in any society in philippines that they they tried it in the philippines. war on drugs well bush too i guess the first bush yeah toxin was what 20 plus years ago he was the pm that's so long i don't even remember anymore and but but it was, was with yeah it was to please the americans yeah uh that's why the heavy heavy law on drugs and they did say that you know the streets were clean and all that from drugs because of that harsh laws um but yeah but then yeah. you're spending all that money on prison and you think about all of the all of the people who who we saw in there like so like marijuana is like on the verge of becoming legalized in thailand right they've got medical marijuana you know, and they're pushing towards a, like a full legalization or at least decriminalization of the of it as a drug in Thailand. Imagine how many people are in there just for marijuana offenses. Now, of course, like the, I think the most common drug that people get in trouble for in Thailand is probably uh, in Thailand they call yaba, right? It's like a type of speed. Yes, it's kind of like uh, Thailand's methamphetamine, and you know I, I'm sure most of the people in there for drugs though are probably in there for yaba. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, but Yaba is really a bad drug. Yeah. Um, I mean, all drugs are bad. That's why it's, it's illegal. But um, Yaba stands for the crazy drug. Uh, ba means crazy. It, it, yeah. It's something like uh, that. It's something that uh, labor, a lot of laborers take to be able to work more. Do you remember like, uh, this is probably five or six years ago there was a guy who worked on one of the trains and he was, uh, he had to stay up overnight and he took a bunch of Yaba and he raped and killed the 12 year old girl threw her body off the train. Yes. Yes. It was a big news at that time. Yeah. Yes. And when they found him, he was like, he was, he was strung out on Yaba when they went and they found him. So, you know, like these, obviously some of these drugs, things like that, you know, are detriment to society, but I definitely don't think the, the solution is is to incarcerate every single person. I'm sure a lot of people. What do you think? 
I, think I mean, I don't people... even know, right? Like, I, I, I go in there. Uh, I took this as a my mission, but I, I, I don't even know. Um, what's the solution? Like, how do you treat people who sell drugs then? I don't have the answer to that question, right? But I look at, I look at all these people who we saw in there, and I'm sure a lot of them are capable of rehabilitation. And, you know, a lot, there's a lot of cultural issues, right? No matter where you look at it, US, Thailand, you know, Japan, anywhere. There are cultural issues associated with people having been in prison and, you know, stigmas that get attached to that. And so that, that's going to be an issue. And I think that's a big part of what Rung is trying to, to overcome is to, to make opportunities available to these people who, who were in prison. And it, it's not, it's definitely not an easy life. Like even like I saw, we could see some of the barracks. We didn't get to go into the barracks, but we saw a couple of the buildings where they live. And it's basically, they just pack as many people as they can onto one floor and they get like a sleeping mat. Right. And then they sleep with these these overhead fans to keep them at least a little cool. And so yeah, it, it's definitely a, a tough life, but I don't see the one thing I didn't see there. And I don't know if you've seen this at any of the prisons that you went to, Jay, but was rehabilitation. Yeah. Or like opportunity for like learning new skills. Like I saw none of that. And I don't know if have you seen that at the other prisons that you went to? So there is a project called to be number one. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, the, the artist that you see uh, performing uh, was part of that was part of the rehabilitation. Of course, it's nowhere near enough. No, but I mean, do these guys get to learn skills while they're in prison? So they have, they can get a job on the outside that pays more than 300 baht a day. Unfortunately, not enough, not yeah. close to enough. You have to be some kind of like uh, they are there in some prison, but I'm I'm sure not the three hundred eighty thousand people get the. Because so, Rung learned his skills when he got out of the prison, right? He got out. He has somebody gave him a shot. Yeah. But then, yes, it's not a prison system thing. Yeah, I mean that that's unfortunate because that's a, a big segment of the population, like if you can motivate them and you can give them an opportunity to, to get away from crime, then you could reduce crime. Yes. And a lot of people, um, you know, criticize me for doing this as well. I criticize um, you that, for a lot of things, but I'm not going to criticize you for this, Jay. But uh, they say like, Oh, these are bad people. You know, why don't you do it for people who need it? Like, you know, the, you know, the kids or the people in, uh, old age homes and stuff in homes and stuff but um people th tend to forget these people come back into the society and they have their families as well um the first guy i gave a shot um and uh, you know this guy as well um you know uh he came out of prison with no job he was a tailor yeah and um nobody gave him a, a job at all and uh I needed somebody at that time to alter my Italian suits. So I, I gave him a shot and, uh, you know, he still tried to screw me in the end, but I never got screwed because I already went in knowing what he's capable of. But the people who I definitely helped was his kids, his wife. Like when I'm at his house, like the first music video was shot at the guy's house and he lives in the slums. You know, um, and uh, the first music video called Born Again was shot there. And, uh, you know, like the way his wife and kids look at me, like it's 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 with so much like great gratitude. Um, and uh, that's that's what makes the difference. It's not about just forgiving these people. It's about what the fuck did their family do? Well, I know and you, you know? sent a lot of work to him as well. Yeah, I, I done what I can, you know. I did, you know, I did what I can. Yeah, I, I don't disagree, man. Like people deserve a second chance and there's opportunities for, you know, for them to learn new skills and do things. I think that's, it's definitely one way to, to go about it. Yeah. I think there's a whole like, um, so much more to study about this whole subject. Like how to give job to someone who just got out of prison, right? The kind of heart and the kind of patience you need to understand that they'll relapse, they'll bounce back to doing what they did before, yeah. but then still 
you know, the guy who went out eight times, they screw eight people who went back in prison eight times. They screwed eight people and their own family eight motherfucking times. But it's the ninth time that their family still forgave them without him regretting or without an apology. Yeah. His mother, his wife, his kids forgave him. That's what got him, you know, to go through life. Now, when you get out of prison in Thailand, do you just go home or there like, is there like a transition? Like you go to a halfway house nope. or nope. where you go home? There's yeah, there's no halfway house. You go wow, home. So it just, and there's no program to get you like job training nope. or Not which really. I mean, it, it, it understandable because it doesn't really exist in general in Thailand. There's really no, there's no workforce development program in Thailand for like the general public. Yeah. You know, a lot of times yeah, if the public does not have that. Yeah. How will, you know, these group of people in society that, you know, and, and I mean, uh, yeah, Thailand's, Thailand's in a position that that's referred to as the, uh, the middle income trap, right? For years and years, Thailand grew economically at phenomenal rates. And now they grow like two to 3% a year because they've hit a point where they've, they've moved from agricultural and sort of, um, you know, in manufacturing to like higher end manufacturing or like, you know, suit like low level knowledge jobs. And there's just the economic growth potential isn't there enough because they didn't build up the education infrastructure. And so they're sort of stuck at this, this level of growth. And, you know, for the most part in America, in Thailand, the university system here is the, the workforce development, you know, people, yeah people go to university and essentially get churned out into low level jobs in the middle-class economy for, you know, 90% of people. Even when I was a, um, I was a uh, lecturer at faculty of public health for one of the universities. And a lot of those kids left to, when they graduated, they went on to be essentially safety officer trainees at factories, you know, and, you know, coming out of prison, right? You probably don't have the luxury to spend four years in university to learn a trade or to learn the skills you need to get a better job. Most probably don't even have high school degrees because the uh, because of the way the the primary and secondary education system is structured here. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's. Um... I'm still trying to figure out how the hell you went to university at 16 years old. I have no idea because you didn't graduate high school, right? You just went to university. So I, I went to international school, right? So uh, GCSE, uh, it's an English uh, exam okay. certification. And you can get O-levels, which is up until the 10th grade or okay. 12th grade for A-levels. But with Thai university being so easy, you can get in at O-levels uh, compared to Thai schools, which you'd need to take until 12th grade. So you didn't so have to I graduate to skip. high school. You were able to go to, to university, essentially your sophomore year of high school. Exactly, which is a fucking great regret, to be honest, because my first two years where the hottest girls were, um, I, 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 I was 16 and they were 18. Um, if oh, I could good. redo that part of my life again, um, <laughs> I definitely, although I looked 25 when I was 16, so it, just, yeah. it's, it, it, it was 16. fine, I didn't know. Yeah, I was still 16. I didn't I didn't Well, you know. went to what? ABAC, right? Yeah, I went to ABAC. I mean, the the salary was really bad um and I didn't have such good corruption skills to steal from my parents at that time. Um <laughs> although uh they do wonder why did I do the same courses over and over? Um and how come the courses are so 7 expensive? years as an undergrad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> how, how come you're doing algebra one three times <laughs> difficult dad difficult <laughs> no in a in a semester how do you do three algebra to fill your credit um <laughs> algebra one c b and a <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it was i was definitely a, a weird education system here and you know there, there's a lot of room for improvement but i think education is probably the the one area that you could argue would make the biggest difference for for individuals you know that's like with my i have a, a project that jib and i started like maybe five years ago and now we're kind of continuing it through my another show i do called bangkok strange where we support a school for a hill tribe up in northern thailand 
And so we're probably going up there in January or December, bringing them like solar cells and like power inverters for the school, you know, just to give the, the teacher more resources because their budget is probably even more constrained than the prison budget. Right. And, <laughs> you know, and she has to, she feeds the kids and teaches them. They've got like a one classroom school. There's like a one room school for every grade. It's like, yeah, you like you would have to be the kind of teacher, like uh, how like they show white people going into black neighborhoods to become teachers and win well, the she's hearts. from she's from Mahon Song. She's Thai. She's from Mahon Song, right? And so when she graduated university, she just said she wanted to be a teacher and she got a job teaching with this. It's some government division that is it's like rural education or something like that. Yeah, but it? when you go there, you're not just teaching, right? You're solving their family problems. You're 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 dealing yeah. with a lot more that, than just how does, to get yeah. algebra into their heads yeah uh you're kind of becoming their their uh mentors at the same time and yeah build. a lot of it is like you know teaching things that because their parents can't teach them anything and i'm sure you know a lot of the kids the parents can't teach them because they just they don't know they're not educated themselves and education was never really uh an issue for for them culturally until they brought schools up there. And so when I was up there for the first time five years ago, that teacher had been teaching there for 10 years and she was just about to graduate the first high school student from the school that they had ever had. And it was a girl, because most of them, the girls either get married to other villages when they're like 13, or the, if they're boys, they get sent to, to the city to work in either construction or work at a gas station at the bottom of the mountain. So, and I'm sure a lot of the guys who are in prison because of the way rural Thailand is, I'm sure a lot of them are in similar situations where instead of going to junior high, you know, they, they go to work. And, you know, or probably instead of going to sixth grade, they go to work. You know, as opposed to with you, instead of going to 11th grade, you went to university. Yeah. Although, um, yeah, it was good. We went there together. Um, mm. Yeah. I hope uh, this episode, you know, can generate some more questions and conversations. And yeah, uh, be- feel free to ask us more. Yeah. And uh, let us know your thoughts. Yeah, definitely. If you Don't forget to about- press uh, like and subscribe. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Jay with the, I, I showed Jay our listener numbers. Jay's like, no one listens to the show. No one listens to the show. I'm like, dude, like thousands of people every month. He's like, no. And so I pulled the numbers and I sent it to him and he's like, holy shit. Yeah. The last 30 days, from like all over, over the 14,000 people. Very good. It's from all over the world, man. So, so I'm glad, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're doing something good and, uh, so when, when are you going back to the prison the and can I go with you again? Uh, to the female prison. And I think this time you might not want to get out. Uh, <laughs> well, Eric almost stayed and like got married to 10 girls. Right? Yeah. Like the female prison was very different. Right. Um, like uh, it was more like a school because like 99%, like, okay, with male prisons, you get rapists and murderers a lot. Yeah. Right. But female prisons, 99% were Drugs. either with their boyfriends or their boyfriends sold drugs and they got caught together or yeah. they were also selling drugs. And a lot of them uh, are prostitutes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, and uh, so comparatively, uh, let's say if it's 300,000 men, it'd be 50,000 women total in the country. Um, and, and they said it's not, it's not because women uh, do less crime. It's because they get away with it. Uh, they get caught less yeah they get caught less um so so when when are you going to that one when's the next trip don't know yet but um rung is coming to my house to talk more with my dad about philosophy and shit so yeah your dad um, and rung really got got on well yeah yeah i took my dad as well this time for the first time he thought i was you know, spending all my money, uh, all his charity money on hookers and drugs. But uh, and you're like, no, no, no. I, I do do some good sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I use the credit card for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is 2020. I can buy that on, on the internet with the yeah, credit card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cocaine guy accepts PayPal. <laughs> yeah, no problems, Dad. No problems. You use the app. The hooker comes right to the hotel. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah. They take bitcoins nowadays, Dad. Uh, don't worry about it. Is it Bitcoin? <laughs>
<laughs> so yeah let me know when you do the the next one i'd love to go again and uh, let's see like maybe we can do something with like a you know, because I have access to a lot of resources in the startup world as well. So maybe we can reach out and set up some type of like, you know, talk to some of them about doing some training or, or something like that to make resources available, you know, connect That's them cool. with wrong. So that would be cool. So he can get involved and figure out like a good way to make this, you know, available to them because, you know, no one wants to see at the end of the day, these are people they've committed crimes, but they're still humans. Right. And if they do the time in prison, they, they should have the opportunity to still make a life for themselves without crime. You know, yeah, and maybe this sounds super optimistic on my part. Maybe it does. I don't know, but you know, it, it'd be nice if, even if you just impact one person, right. You're making a change to a lot of people's lives. Yes. Cause like you said, you all may not have around the them. ability to forgive somebody, but chances are needed yeah. for a lot of people. For these people and uh, some of them will require chances over chances because they'll blow it up they'll fuck it up like i said uh, i don't have answers to all the all the problems but i mean if we can put wrong probably has better ideas than us right so you know let's see how our resources can help how he can leverage our resources to make a difference yes sir because I don't think like, All right. you and I have never been to prison. We don't understand the system. We don't understand. Well, we've never been to prison in Thailand. So we don't know the system. We don't know, you know, the, we don't know any of that. So, you know, wrong does wrong in the people who work with him on this do. So, you know, one-on-one, you know, you, you leverage people who have experience. You don't. And that's, that's where he fits in. Yes, sir. Or I guess we have more, a more like good, that's where we um, fit in. We have a good two more episodes this week. Yeah. Uh, to, to, that we're to recording do, for uh, future weeks. Yes, sir. So but, I, uh, I, it'll I think, be very good. Yeah. Indeed. All right. I think with that, let's, let's wrap this up, guys. And until next time, stay dapper, stay villainous. Stay villainous, stay dapper. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much.